gosh. I almost just fell. Everybody, welcome to episode four of What's Bay Say with your host, Bay, me. Hello, I'm so nice to meet you over the screen or the mic. Um, if you're tuning in for the first time, so happy you're here. If you're tuning in for the fourth time, so happy you're here. Um, I'm so excited for today's episode. Today will be my first solo episode where I will be answering questions that people sent in and um, trying to give you guys some insight and use whatever I have in my life to help someone else. So um, we're going to just go ahead and get started. Some fun, easy questions at the beginning. Favorite color, blue and yellow because blue, ocean, yellow, smiley face. Um, If I were an animal, what would I be? Either, I've thought long and hard about this one, I would either be a golden retriever because they're fun, playful, energetic, or... I would be a dolphin because dolphins are just amazing creatures and they're so intelligent and they're, they just literally swim all day and sharks are scared of them. So that's cool. And then the last kind of easy question before I get into the first one is my favorite communicators or preachers right now, which would be Alex Seeley, Don Cherie Wilkerson, and always Pastor Jensen Franklin. So they are all amazing. I always say none of them miss. Like, none of their messages ever just flop. They're always on 10, ready to go. So, yeah. So the way that this is going to work, like I said, is I will just throw out a topic slash question, and then I'm going to be answering it and kind of doing my thought process here with you guys. So the first question by a landslide that people wanted to hear me talk about is, um, pep talks and how to stay positive all the time. And I think that this is really cool that people want to learn this from me because I try to be someone who's always positive and always happy and, you know, spreading out good vibes, good energy. So I think that one flattered that people would think that they could ask me this. But the most practical tip that I have to this is one waking up with a good attitude and vocalizing out loud, today's going to be a great day. And I say it a lot, honestly, whether I'm getting ready or in the car driving, I'm like, today's going to be a great day. Today's going to be awesome. I'm going to get a lot done. I'm going to have a lot of fun. I'm going to love on people. And I just kind of legitimately pep talk myself. So imagine if you had a friend there who was feeling down and you wanted them to have a good day, whatever you would say to them, just say it to yourself kind of awkward the first couple times but then you'll get more comfortable with it but yeah I basically just start off my morning by saying today's gonna be awesome and I'm gonna make the most of every moment and then something that I just started doing recently is the first thing I do when I wake up is I write I'm thankful for and I just do it in my um, phone notes because it's easy and I write down three to five things that I'm thankful for and so I can actually read some of them that might be cool um, let's say, let's say the passcode is not helping me out. So, um, Jesus, family, Bluetooth, sermons, vitamins, showers, sweatshirts, worship music, Chick-fil-A salads, my brothers, random trips, sleeping in, 
snacks, specifically cookie brownies, Rachel making everything funny, showers, worship music, grilled chicken, coffee, coffee mugs, and they go on and on and on and on and on on this phone screen. But just starting off with a, a grateful attitude and a thankful attitude of these are the things that I'm thankful for today, this morning. I'm going to go ahead and start with Thanksgiving and kind of a positive mindset. Then throughout your day, you will be thankful for other things because your attitude is already in the mode of being thankful. And then at the end of the day, I write down what went well. And I actually heard this from a sermon, or not a sermon, a conversation with Sadie Robertson and a doctor, I believe, a psychologist, and he's a professional, and he was the one who said to write down what you're thankful for, and then at the end of the day, what went well. And so that has helped me a lot in making the most of my days and having a great day. And then the second half of this is how to stay positive in hard times. And um, I think it's really funny when people see me sad for the first time. Not that it's funny that I'm sad, but it's funny when they see me sad because for some reason they think that I'm just immune to sadness. Or the first time I get really mad, they'll always say, my friends always say, oh my gosh, I've never seen you mad. I don't know what to do. Um, But I think it's funny because no one is immune to sadness. You know, whether some people cover it up better or some people experience it more often no one is just cut out from the sadness thing and so um how to stay positive in hard times when I'm super sad um whether it's uh I get frustrated and I get in my feels or um someone I know sick and it's really weighing me down whatever it is whenever I'm sad I try to name the things around me that I know are good and that I know are true And um, so if I'm really sad or anxiety, if I have really bad anxiety, I will legitimately sit in a chair and I will say, okay, this chair's real. This table's real. My body's real. My family's real. My friends are real. The sky's real. And um, I'll kind of just start naming this stuff that is real to me and that I know is true because what happens is when you're sad, you let your brain go off on a tangent of all the bad things that can happen or, um, you know, what if this happens? What if that happens? Or what if this stays forever? And you're just, your brain is not, your brain's lying to you when it does that. It's going off on a negative tangent. So what I try to do is refocus myself and say, okay, I know that this situation in front of me, my family member being sick is scary and it is hard and I'm not neglecting the fact that I feel sad, but I'm not gonna let my brain go off to the right or the left and confuse me and kind of beat me up in a sense. I'm going to look around me, see what's real, see what's true, and hope for the best in this outcome. And so you address your feelings always. You're not, you know, don't push those down. Address them, vocalize them, or write them down or share with a friend. Uh, But when you're sad or when you're mad or you're anxious, definitely looking around and seeing what's real and what you know is real will help you kind of focus in And um, I wrote down that grateful people are the happiest people. And so just taking a moment to realize, okay, yeah, there's something bad, but my life has also had a lot of good. And that might help you kind of cheer up. And then practically speaking, um, just get around friends. If you're feeling sad and you're feeling overwhelmed or you're feeling mad or something is unfair and it's rubbing you the wrong way, get around good people 
who remind you how good your life is and get around people who are going to encourage you and have fun and get you out of that funk. And um, a lot of the times people will get sad and they'll isolate themselves or they'll um, have a pity party and then they wonder why they stay sad and it's because you didn't actually allow yourself to get out there and experience any other emotion than sadness. So when you're sad, recognize those feelings but then try to overcome them with good feelings. So get around family, get around friends, watch a show that you love, go get a dessert that you love, treat yourself to something and try to switch the language. Like, can we switch the language? That, that's what we try to do. Um, so that's kind of my pep talk. Starts in the morning. Grateful people are the happiest people. Um, that one went a little bit longer, but you know, sometimes it happens. And then the next thing that people wanted me to talk about was self-love. And um, this kind of goes with being positive in a sense, but it's definitely taken me a long time to fully love every part of myself. Um, I think that there was times where I was loving myself better and I was loving myself worse or not at all. And um, I don't know. I think this one is kind of a hard question because I do love myself and I am confident in myself, but I'm still growing in loving myself. Uh, I haven't reached the highest point on the mountain of I've conquered self-love and I never have a bad day. I think that loving yourself is waking up and choosing to put your best foot forward. And self-love is not just for girls. It is for everyone. It is for guys. It is for young people. It is for old people. It is for married people, single people, everyone. You should love yourself. You should love who God created you to be. And you should love the life that you're living and create a life that you love. And so I think that I wake up and I say, okay, I'm going to put my best foot forward today. And if the world is kind to me, then great. And if the world comes against me, then I'm going to try again tomorrow. And I don't know. I just kind of, I don't let, I try, I used to let everything get to me. And nowadays I kind of just brush things off and I don't brush them off in an insensitive way that I don't value people's opinions, but I will not let their opinion attach to me. So if someone says something that either aggravates me or makes me question things, I'll take their opinion, but I'm going to like, put it in a purse, I'm not going to attach it to me and let it stick to me all day and get in my head and, you know, be what I believe. Um, and so that's a part of self-love is not letting anything that anyone says, even a loved one, because when a loved one says something to you, you think that it has to be true because they love you. So why would they lie to you? But sometimes your loved ones like all of us, can make mistakes and they can say something that they don't mean or they can say something and they cannot realize the depth of what they just said or the hurt that it caused. So don't let anyone's opinion or words attached to you that you don't choose to keep attached to you. You can choose which ones are going to stick and which ones are going to not. And um, shake things off and don't let one bad moment. This is huge, huge key to self-love and making the most of your life. Do not let one bad minute or a couple minutes ruin your whole entire day. Let me say that again. Do not let one bad minute or even a couple minutes ruin your whole entire day. It is no, no one and nothing is worth ruining your day, your week, your month, 
whatever. Let that moment be what it is, which was a crappy moment, and then turn the page on it and get to a place of peace and a place of contentment. You don't even have to go, I'm really sad to I'm super excited, but don't let that, don't just sit in that all day. Don't let it ruin your day. When something bad happens, so the other day, perfect example, I was driving my sister's car, shout out Kenzie, and I was running late to my small group, and I was stressed out, and I was doing my makeup, and I honestly just wasn't looking, and I hit a curb, and I popped her tire, and uh, I was freaking out because it's not my car, and I knew it was going to be a lot of money, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so crappy, I'm literally on my way to small group, trying to be a good person, why is the world against me, you know, you're just, you get in your little feels. And then um, I had someone that I knew pull up behind me and literally, shout out Bailey and his friend, for helping me. And they got out and helped me. It was so easy, so quick, and I still made it to small group. And I had an amazing small group, and then I got to go home and um, be with my family and hang out with them. And the whole day wasn't ruined. I could have let something like a tire popping, which is a paycheck, let me tell you, tires are expensive, um, ruin my whole day, but I had to decide that that one moment wasn't worth the whole day. So that is a great advice for people who are trying to love yourself and also realizing that everyone has things that they want to fix about themselves. So your comparison game is never going to end in you winning because there's no end to comparison. It will just keep going and keep going and keep going. When you think you've beat one person, then you have another person coming up. And so the best thing to do about the comparison game is quit and not be a part of it at all. So it's easier said than done, but if you need to take a break from social media, do it. If you need to spend some time um, alone, do it. If you need to go natural for a couple days because you think that you're relying too much on the way that you look and not so much the person you're on the inside, then go natural a couple days. If you have a sweater that you love but your friend said is ugly, wear that dang sweater. Um, whatever it is, if if you're a guy and you're working out but you're insecure because you're small, go to the gym. Like, Don't let anyone else control your life. You're in charge of your life and you're the person who has to go home at the end of the night and lay in bed. So be proud of the decisions you're making. And when you make a mistake, own up to it. When you have a bad moment, own up to it. And then keep going and keep going. And yeah, just love yourself. And remind yourself that you're human. And I don't know, talk yourself up. When I'm mad or I'm sad, I like I said, I talk, I'll say, Bailey, today you're going to have a good day. Or if I'm about to go into work and maybe I'm tired, I will say, you're going to love people well today. And if I don't like the way I look, I will do something silly like make a TikTok or put on a song I love and dance around and really hype myself up. So you can hype yourself up. Go for it. And reach out to a friend if you need them. But anyways, I'm going long on my questions. Sorry. That was pep talks, self-love. Next question, living for Jesus in my age, so at a young age, and then also working at a church. So... Living for Jesus at a young age is definitely harder, I would say, than when you're older and you're established in your career and you're established in your marriage. Um, I don't think it's ever easy, but I do think the age I'm at right now is, is kind of funny because I'm. some people are in college, some people are married. It's just really different, and so it's hard to just like cap it off of this is the blueprint to live your age live your age, live your life for Jesus at your age. But 
what I will say is that as you're growing in age, you should grow in wisdom. And as you're growing in age, you should grow in more of who you are. And if you're a Christian and if Jesus is your Lord and your Savior, you should also be growing in likeness of him. And so when I was 10 and I was saved, I acted like a 10-year-old and I had the faith of a 10-year-old. Now that I'm almost 23 and I'm saved, I'm going to act like a 22-year-old in the faith, but I'm also more mature to handle 22, 23-year-old problems. So growing is what I would say. That's how I live my life for Jesus. I don't stop reading. I don't stop praying. I, even though I work at a church, I still go home and rely on God just as much as I did before. And I surround myself with like-minded people. I have conversations. I ask questions. And um, I kind of just made a decision. I don't know. If you make a decision and you're you're passionate about it and you make it for yourself, then you're going to do your best to stick to it. And I made the decision a long time ago that I was going to be a Christ follower and I was going to try to be a light for people to find him. And um, so now I just walk out my decision. I don't know if that's a great answer. And no one's around me to validate it. But that's what I would say. Um, And then working at a church is incredible. It is so fun. I was talking to one of my friends today. Shout out Hannah. And I was saying that it is so cool to me that I get paid to do something I love. That I am absolutely just in love with that I think is amazing and gives me so much joy and so much peace and fulfills me. And so I love working at a church. If you feel called to work at a church and maybe part of you feels unqualified or you don't know what steps to go about it, I would say to you to absolutely keep praying about it and look into going to ministry school or um, a discipleship class and just look at resources around you and kind of see which one fits your vibe and um, look into it. Because if you're called and you're really called and you're supposed to be there, when you get there, you will feel this overwhelming joy that only comes from doing the work of God. And if you're saying, I'm a Christian, but I feel called to another area, that doesn't make you less than, it's not a competition it's not who's better than or who's more holy wherever you are that can be your field of ministry but if you feel called to work in a church I'm telling you as someone who works in a church that's healthy make sure that it's a healthy church one and that your visions are in line with the church but absolutely pray about it and dip your toe in the water and just see how good God is and how good working in a church is and if he wants you to be there he'll open that door If he doesn't want you to be there, he'll close that door and just get in it and go full force into it because it is amazing. The next question is the best and worst relationship advice slash what to look for in relationships. So the worst relationship advice I was given is once someone told me that you should test drive all the cars before you buy them. And I didn't really know what that meant when I was in seventh grade, but she was saying, you know, kissed and whatever with people before you date them and I kind of think the opposite of that so obviously that wasn't great advice for me um and then the best relationship advice a couple things one my mom has always told me date someone who you have fun at the grocery store with 
and fun in the small moments with because that's what your life is mostly made up of. And so that is great advice. I want to be with somebody who I think is fun no matter where we are and that they want to make their life an adventure. Also, I was told that I should set a standard for a relationship, which I've talked about on previous podcasts, that this is what I want for a relationship, and then this is the cool aspect. So normally, I would know what I would want, and then if a guy kind of wasn't meeting them, I would not tell them, but I don't know. We would have a conversation about it, or if they asked me what's important to me in a relationship, I would tell them every single thing. But one of my friends told me that I should have a standard for relationship, kind of what I'm looking for, and then without ever vocalizing it, see who meets it. Because the person who meets it without knowing that that's important to me is someone who really is meeting it versus being driven by whatever it is, you know, liking someone or chemistry. So have date someone you have fun at the grocery store with. And then also have a list of things that are important to you, but don't vocalize those lists. And without saying them, see who's checking off your boxes. The next thing is how to heal from past relationships. So this is something that could be a whole podcast episode. But one thing I would say is that it's going to be, which this is not great for anyone who's really listening in because this is the part they needed, but I will say it's going to be different for each situation. I think that how old you are has to do with it, your maturity, how long you dated, what was the breakup like. There's just a ton of different factors that go into it and how it ended versus how you're going to heal. But my overall kind of relationship healing kit is one to allow yourself to feel sad and to miss something. It's okay to miss something. And if you, no one's told you that, if your friends have been yelling at you because they say, that girl's so toxic or that guy's so toxic, why do you still care about them? It's okay to miss something. It's okay to miss something that you know isn't right for you. That's normal. Let's, let's normalize that. Um, but yes, what I was saying is it's all right to miss something. It's all right to be sad. Um, but don't let yourself stay there. You can be in the state of sadness and, and feel that emotion, but don't let it take over all areas of your life. Don't stop going to things. Don't stop um, giving other people chances. So allow yourself to be sad, but don't stay sad. And then um, another practical advice is to just really invest into things you like because when you start, when most of the time when people break up, they have this sense of lostness or this sense of emptiness and they don't know what to fill it, fill it with. And so they'll go fill it with other companionship or maybe bad habits. And so get ahead of that. And when you go through a bad heartbreak or you go through a devastating friendship ending, start investing into yourself with good things. View it as when they left, there was a hole in a sense, and now it's your job to fill that hole with good, productive things. So hobbies of yours that you enjoy, or new friendships, or relationships, or the friendships that are good, keep investing into those. Fill the hole with um, passions and dreams, and I don't know, just don't start investing into things that you want to invest in for you, and you will 
slowly get to this place where you're kind of content on your own. And then when you get to a place, you don't have to be 1,000% over someone. Oh, my gosh, I can never think about them ever again. I, oh, like, no, you don't have to be there. But when you get to a place where you say, I'm actually content on my own. Sure, I have moments of weakness where I miss them or I want to text them. But that's what accountability and friends are for. Um, But when you get to that place of contentment, not greatness, but contentment, then I would say be open to the idea of something new or someone new and just see what happens. And so, yeah, allow yourself to feel sad. Don't stay there. Fill that hole with good things, passion, dreams, good friendships, and then work on yourself till you're content. If you get great, that's awesome. But if you don't get great, that doesn't mean you're not allowed to date. It doesn't mean that you're not in a place to date. One of the saddest things that happen is someone goes through a really bad heartbreak and then they allow themselves to feel sorry for themselves for so long that they push away good things and it's almost as if they're praying for good things and they're asking for a new relationship but they're not actually open and seeing what's right in front of them so when you get to that place where you say all right maybe I'm not incredible but I'm doing good I'm happy I haven't smiled and I haven't smiled this big in a while be open to see what can happen so that is that how to heal how to put a band-aid on your heartache and then forgiveness and this kind of goes hand in hand with heartbreak so forgiveness is something that is really hard to talk about and nobody wants to talk about it because it's awkward and it means Putting your pride aside, which is not fun at all, and I am super stubborn. So if you're anything like me, forgiveness can be kind of a hard thing. Asking for it and giving it um, can be a little bit hard. So forgiveness is more for you than it is for the other person, and I know everyone says that, but it actually is so true. There is a actual weight that will come off your chest when you forgive someone who hurt you deeply who you've been holding on to unforgiveness for there is a legitimate pressure that you will now feel off of you that is such relief because you took it off of you you said I don't want to deal with this anymore and um, I'm going to be mature I'm going to be the bigger person and when you do that you're going to feel a million times better Um, but when it comes to forgiving people who hurt you really bad there is uh it's it's messy sometimes i mean i i feel as if i've had to forgive some people multiple times i mean i would forgive them but then i would catch myself kind of talking bad about them or thinking negatively of them and so i would have to say oh crap i i forgive that person and i want to forgive them and i want to see them in a new aspect and so that is definitely Forgiveness won't always be just a one-time thing. I wish it was. That would be awesome. But it isn't. Sometimes it's going to have to happen over and over again, especially the deeper the wound, probably the more times you'll have to forgive them. But forgiveness, if you're a Christian, is a huge, huge pillar and basis of our religion. The Bible literally says that God will forgive us how we forgive others. So that is a heavy weight to carry, but it's doable. I mean, I want to be forgiven by Christ, so I have to forgive others. And um, if Jesus could forgive people on the cross, then I can forgive so-and-so in fourth grade saying that my skirt was dumb. You know, there's just, we have to put ourselves in a position where we're saying, okay, I know that this unforgiveness is not bringing any good on my life, and so maybe I'm going to try forgiving them and just see what happens. 
And forgiveness doesn't have to mean that you become best friends with somebody or that if you're broken up, you get back together. Forgiveness can look like, I forgive you for everything that you did wrong. I hope you forgive me for everything I did wrong. And I want to move forward with our lives. I want to turn the page on this. But that does not mean I want to be back to where we were. Um, It just means that I forgive you and I wish well upon you and that we're civil. And there, um, a lot lot of the times, I hear young girls who will say, oh, I love him, and so I forgive him no matter what. And in a sense, that is really sweet and admirable, but sometimes, especially before you're married, some stuff doesn't need to be reestablished. You can forgive them, sure, absolutely, but forgiveness doesn't always need to be, doesn't always need, oh, we're getting back together because I forgive them. That's not well, always the case. Sometimes it is. Sometimes God reconciles stuff and restores it and brings it back together. But sometimes he just wants you to forgive them for your own mental state and for your own spiritual state. And then you can turn the page and go see what's in the next chapter. So have healthy boundaries. And if you know that something hurt you so deep and you're not looking to get back in that friendship or relationship, have healthy boundaries. And um, when you when you get in your head about the situation, just forgive them again and remind yourself of why you forgive them. And if you catch yourself talking bad about them, apologize in your head and just kind of stay on top of it and write it down if you need to. I think it's really helpful to me. I've Anyone that I had necessarily a really hard time with or we had a big falling out, I would apologize to them verbally, but then I also would write a letter to them. And I didn't ever give them the letter, but I wrote it to them and I wrote out exactly what happened, exactly how it made me feel and... Um, It was freeing, so forgiveness. Super fun to talk about. Love it. (laughs) Room is, like, deep, and it's just me. Um, But it's important. It's essential. So the next question is how to be a light wherever you are. So at whatever age of, whatever age, stage, not age, whatever stage of life you're at right now, how you can be a light, how you can be a positive impact, um, wherever you are, be present. It's easy to go places and to show up and say, oh, I was there, or I want to change the world, but it's like you're in a world right now that you can actually start changing little by little um, as a domino effect. And so if you want to start being a light where you are, be present in the present. So if you're at school, be at school and see how you can be a light at school. If you're at the grocery store, be at the grocery store. See how you can be a light at the grocery store. Look to help, look to serve, look to love. Um, I always tell the girls in my small group, look for a pocket of sunshine. If you're having a hard time figuring out kind of what your role is in the world or what your purpose is in the world, then every single day look for a moment that felt like sunshine or a happy moment. Either you saw an old couple kiss and it was so cute or not weirdly kiss, but, you know, sweet kiss. Or you saw a rainbow or you saw a cute dog. Maybe you saw someone drop something and then someone told them they dropped it. I don't know. Just look for joy in those moments and look for small moments of sunshine. And then you'll start to notice the light. And then noticing the light is the first step in becoming the light. So when you start to notice good things, then now you can replicate good things. So how to be a light where you are. Be present where you are. Look for opportunities to love, look to serve, and then um, see where you see goodness 
and then replicate it and let it be a domino effect. So, and also there's so many great organizations and stuff where you can serve people and get involved. So look up orphanages around you, charities around you, and do your part because we cannot change the world, but we can change our little world and um, all bring some kindness and positivity. So that is that. And the next question, I'm almost done. Thank you guys for still being here. Uh, the next question is healthy friendship slash accountability. And I'm so, so, so passionate about this that you need the right people in your corner. Jesus, like I said, if you're a Christian, this goes to you. Jesus had the right people in his corner. And if he needed people around him to support him and to be with him, then who are we to think that we don't need people around us? So when it comes to friendships, look for friends who are genuine, who are real, and they don't change depending upon the environment. So if they're one way at a restaurant and then they're different at home or they're different at a party and they're always kind of shape-shifting is what I call it, then maybe that's more of an acquaintance and less of a friend because I want to be friends with someone who's genuine and who really knows who they are because people who know who they are seem to be more understanding of others knowing who they are, if that makes sense. So... Look for people who are consistent and genuine. And then um, also people who want to see you win. I've heard girls, especially when I was younger, who would be best friends with girls. And they would be talking so bad about them. And they'd say, oh, so-and-so's running for homecoming queen. Like, she's never going to win. And I'd be thinking, isn't that your girl? Isn't that your friend? Or guys who would um, be best friends, quote-unquote, but then when one of their girlfriends broke up with them then the other one was with their girlfriend and it was just confusing to me um and obviously I've had my faults in friendship and I'm not saying I'm perfect but I'm saying that friendships are important and friendship hurt stinks it sucks it hurts so bad and so if I can prevent myself from causing anyone friendship hurt and also prevent myself from feeling friendship hurt I'm going to do that well, how do you do that? Assess the friend that you are to people and then assess how your friends are to you and see who's worth getting to know more and keeping close to you. See who's more of a civil. And I don't think you necessarily should go through and rank these people and let them know you're more civil, you're more whatever. But in your head and in your heart, know the boundaries with each person and know who is a ride or die, who is not. And it's okay to have just one, two a couple ride-or-die friends, and then the rest just be fun to hang out with. So um, healthy friendships, people who want to see you win, people who are the same, people who you trust, and who you just have so much fun with. If you're not having fun with your friends, go get some new friends. Because I have, I laugh so hard that I have legitimately peed myself with my friends because they are guys and girls. They're incredible. Um, and then accountability. When it comes to friendships, you need a couple people in your life, whether that's mentors family members, friends, um, you need people in your life who are the same gender and who are kind of walking the same life, maybe one's further or a little bit back, but you're wor you're working towards the same things and you kind of want the same things for your life and just be there for each other um, because sometimes it's hard in life when you stand alone and so you need someone who's going to feel with you and cry with you and be happy with you and also is going to call you out on your bullcrap because we all get involved in stuff we shouldn't get involved in sometimes and you need people in your life who are going to say hey that's not you or hey that isn't you don't do that you know so 
have some accountability in your life. And then the last question. <clears throat> Actually, I'm going to take a water break. I got to. I've been talking too much. Cheers, everybody. Um, <clears throat> I think I just choked. The last question is how to be content in life but not complacent, which is a great question, and I wish I remembered who asked this, but um, this is a really cool question for me because I try to be content and happy with the life that I'm living but never stopping and being like, oh, this is it. I've peaked. And so um, the way for me to do this is to be grateful and thankful for where I am, but to also be thankful and grateful for where I'm going and all the good that's going to come into my life. And dreaming, if you don't dream right now, if you don't have big dreams or big goals for yourself, please, please, please think about them. If I if I went up to anyone and I said, I'm going to give you $100 million to accomplish whatever your dream is, please know what that is. So for me, I would love to understand own a nonprofit one day for single parents and kids. I would love for one day to own a coffee shop that was a safe environment for people to talk and learn from one another and celebrate each other. I would love to be a great mom one day. I have a lot of dreams, but dreams are what keep me from staying in the same place and dreams are what keep me going and keep me happy and keep me knowing that I'm working towards something and then when you get a dream, get a bigger dream. So um, be content, yes, but don't be complacent. Don't stop. Don't stop growing and investing into yourself, investing into others. And um, like I said, when you reach a goal, get a bigger goal. When you get a dream of yours, create a bigger dream or figure out how to expand that dream. And it'll keep you going and it'll keep your life exciting. Um, but, yeah, that is pretty much it. There was... Way more questions, but I tried to narrow it narrow it down and answer um, the best of my ability. So thank you guys so, so, so much for listening. I'm sorry it's a week late, but you guys are loyal because so many people texted me, and I was like, oh, my gosh, y'all actually listen. That's crazy. So thank you so much for listening. Um, if this was your first time, I'm Bailey. It's so happy to meet you over this. I'm honored that you took the time to listen. And um, as always, remember, guys, that you are loved and you're special. Don't take yourself too seriously. Make this week amazing. Have so much fun. Um, I hope that you got something out of this video. Take what you want. Leave what you want. And um, remember to always find the good in things. And if there is none, become the good in things. I love y'all so much. Peace.